What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Lost Lifting Talk. I've been sitting here trying to get my microphone to work for the last 20 minutes. And after turning the computer on and off a million different times, trying to talk into the mic and no sound coming out of it, I finally looked down and saw that this flip was just switched off. So I was about to go grab my old mic that's not nearly as good and start talking into that until I looked down and saw that the flip, the switch was just off, which my daughter comes in here all the time and grabs the mic and acts like she's singing into the microphone. So I'll bet she had just knocked it down without knowing it. And then I come in because I don't ever mess with that switch and it was off and I was sitting here for the last 20 minutes thinking that my mic is broke. So this whole quarantine life, getting to all of us a little bit I think and not to mention as I sat down and started to work on that the neighbor started mowing the lawn so if you guys can hear that right now I apologize but I want to get a podcast out today I only got one out in the previous week just because of quarantine and being with the family and life being a little bit sporadic at the moment without as much routine it's been hard to sit down and record with the family always home and and everything like that so hopefully you guys are doing good through quarantine you can tell how my day is going so far throughout all this. Um, I'm sure you, just as much as myself, are ready to get back to regular life here at some point. feels like it's starting to drag on, and I know we're supposed to be as positive as possible. Sometimes it can get a little bit hard when you start thinking about just how things have been put on stall, but we're not going to get too much into that today. Just know that if you're struggling or, or you're flustered or you need to get out, go for a walk. Go do something during the days. Get yourself out of your house. It, it's just going to help you clear your mind in some sort of way. And I've started meditating, actually, which has helped me a ton in the last few weeks. Just to sit down and clear my thoughts and just focus on my breath and just be as in the present as I possibly can has helped out a considerable amount. It's not something that I've ever tried a lot before. And as most of you know, I've talked a lot about on here how I'm a very fast-moving person. I have anxiety. I I'm kind of a go-go person. I can never just sit down and, and relax. I'm always on the move or I'm always worried about this or thinking about that or having anxiety about around a certain situation. So the quarantine has been even harder on me in that sense because, because I like to get out of the house. I like to be doing things. And so it's hard right now, but meditating has really helped just to clear my thoughts and not get so wrapped up in in just feeling like I'm confined to this little space and trying to pace around and find things to do. And there's really not that much to do. So if you are struggling, I, I strongly encourage meditating, journaling, something just to get your thoughts out to help you not be stuck with your thoughts in your head all day long. That's something that really helps me and calms me down to just gain perspective on the situation that we're all going through at the moment and whatnot. So yeah, I would highly encourage journaling, meditating, or just talking about your struggles or whatever and not just keeping it bottled up in your head because the more you keep it up in your head, the the more self-pity you'll give yourself and feel bad and it can lead to further anxiety or, or a negative mindset and different things. So get your thoughts out. Talk about them. That's why I use this podcast too. A lot of you know is to almost like as a personal journal, sometimes I just spit out my thoughts and what's going through my head. And um, a lot of the time it's things that a lot of you relate with because I get DMs and whatnot about it too. So I think that that's really cool. But anyway, that's obviously not what we're talking about today. As you saw in the title, we are talking about everything to do with your metabolism, how to boost your metabolism. And there's a lot of misconceptions around this. There's a lot of people that think their metabolism is broken. There's a lot of people that think 
there are supplements or specific strategies that you can use to boost your metabolism. And there are there are cases on both ends of the spectrum. There are cases where people run their metabolisms down and there are cases where you can do certain things to make your metabolism a little bit more efficient to where you can eat more food without potential weight gain. So I just want to walk through all of it, maybe bust some myths, maybe open your eyes to some things that you aren't doing as far as your metabolism is concerned so that you can go create more sustainable more long-term results because ultimately you'll be able to eat more food with an optimized metabolism, which will make your whole journey a lot easier. We all want to be able to eat more food, right? That's the biggest issue inside of fat loss and training and body composition. And so let's get into metabolism and hopefully help you as much as I possibly can. So to start this off, let's just break down what the metabolism is in the most simple way possible. So in the most simple terms that I can possibly use, your metabolism is simply the process your body uses to convert food and liquids into energy. So all that your metabolism does is turns your food, turns the calories that you're putting into your body, turns them into energy. Now, the slower your metabolism is, the less calories you're going to require meaning that if you overeat, you're going to end up putting on fat. People with a slow metabolism have to eat less food. Then there's people on the other spectrum. We all know people who are really, really skinny. They can eat a lot of food. Chances are that's because they have a, not chances are, it is because they have a fast metabolism. They move around a lot more. They're a lot more jittery. They're a lot more high strung. So they're always moving, which turns into burning more calories, which equals a faster metabolism. So there's two ends of the spectrum. First and foremost, let's talk about what dictates the state of your metabolism. So number one is your age. Typically, the older that you get, the slower that your metabolism will get with time. And this isn't everybody, but typically this is one of the factors. So as you get older, we end up needing less calories with time just because the metabolism slows down as the body ages. Number two is gender. And this isn't for everybody, but for the typical male and female, males usually are bigger than females, right? So men usually have a faster metabolism. Usually men require more calories because they're bigger. They generally have more muscle. They generally just have more mass in general, which equals a bigger calorie burn for the day, meaning you have a faster metabolism compared to a female. And not always. There are some females that will have a faster metabolism than some men because they may have more muscle. They may weigh more. They may have um, a more active lifestyle, so their metabolism can be faster than a man's. But typically, men's metabolisms are faster than females' metabolisms. Not always, but most of the time. The next one is lean body mass. So the more muscle that you have on your body frame, the more calories your body requires to maintain that muscle mass that you have. So there's that. And then just simply genetics. We all know people who have really fast metabolisms. We see families that are really skinny. Typically, this has something to do with genetics to a point. Now, I don't want you to think I have bad genetics, so I'm just deemed I'm always going to be fat. That is not the case at all. But there are those people out there that just have 
fast metabolisms genetically. There's, it's not necessarily anything that they do with their lifestyle or anything. It's just how they are built. They are super fidgety. They're super high strung. They're always active. They're always doing random little things. Their knee is super high non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So this is they're blinking a lot. Whenever they're talking, they're using their hands a lot. When they're sitting still, they're always fidgeting. They might be always tapping their toe or, or just always doing something that requires some sort of a calorie burn that over the course of a day, if you're always moving like that, it adds up to a decent amount of calories extra that you're burning compared to somebody who's just sitting, not really moving, not re requiring any energy at all just to be alive. They're just sitting there. All that they're really burning is just their, really their heart beating is the only calorie effect that their body is having at a given time, which would be your resting metabolic rate. So your dieting history plays a big role. So we've, I've talked a lot about metabolic adaption on this podcast um, in the last couple months, which is simply the less calories that you eat, your body is smart. It learns to evolve because it doesn't always necessarily want to be losing weight. It learns to evolve and your, meta, your metabolism slows down the lower calorie that you go to try to stop your body from losing fat in the long run. So if you're always eating low calorie, you're going to have a slower metabolism compared to if you would eat, if you would reverse and try to push your maintenance higher to have a faster metabolism. So dieting history can play a big role. If you're always in a calorie deficit, your metabolism is going to be ran down with time and it's going to affect it in the long term. Another one is hormone state. This can come from a lot of different things. This can come from there are females that I work with who have PCOS, who naturally have a little bit of a slower metabolism. Different things that your hormones can do to slow your metabolism down. This can come from your dieting history, or this can just come. This can come from genetics, or this can come from specific diagnoses that you may get from doctors that where you have an imbalance in your hormones, and that's not something that's up my alley or I'm super educated. And to be honest, I'm a training and nutrition coach. I'm not a hormone specialist. And then the last one that I'll mention is sleep. So the less that you sleep, studies have shown that the less calories you'll burn in a day because you don't have the energy needed to keep your activity levels as high. You're going to be a lot more drowsy, which is going to require less calories for you to burn over the day, as well as your body's just not going to be ran as efficiently. Super Sleep is super important, you guys. So if you're not getting enough sleep, it can affect your metabolism and slow your metabolism down. So I would really recommend somewhere between at least, at least six hours of sleep. Optim to optimize that, it would be more like seven or eight hours of sleep. I try for seven to eight hours of sleep every single night. And if I don't get that and it's closer to that six, I am not the funnest guy to be around. And my days aren't nearly as productive. I always find excuses. My mind's a little bit more groggy. My workouts are worse. I have to motivate myself more to work out just because motivation is down. And I find myself using excuses for everything because I'm tired. So sleep is a huge one to keep your metabolism running higher. So those are the main factors to what affect the state of your metabolism. And for the most part, those aren't things that you can necessarily control. You can't control how old you are. You can't control if you're a man or a woman. You can't control your genetics. Sometimes we can't, and sometimes we can't control our hormone state. But there are a couple of things in there that you can't control. One of those being lean body mass. You can choose to strength train to build more lean body mass, whether you're a male or a female, to naturally have a stronger metabolism, and you can choose to be in control of your dieting history. 
which is one of not always staying inside of a chronic calorie deficit. The longer you stay in a calorie deficit, the slower your metabolism is going to get. And when you have harsh rebounds, you have a much higher chance of putting on fat from less calories in the future. So understanding that you need to be periodizing your nutrition becomes a huge factor to having a strong metabolism in the long run. So that's what, that's what affects the state of your metabolism. Now we're going to talk about the different things that you can do to increase your metabolism over time to ultimately be able to eat more food, be able to maintain your results, be able to lose fat on more calories and different things like that just to make your journey a whole lot easier. The faster your metabolism is, generally the easier it is to maintain your body composition. Now there are people out there and I'm not saying any of this to subside any of you because I've had some comments lately that all I talk about is fat loss and I don't help people who are struggling to gain weight. And I know there's that side of the spectrum as well, but my specialty is helping people lose fat. That's where my expertise is and I know the most. Now, I know how to help people gain weight and different things like that too. I know that there's a struggle on the opposite end to where you could have a fast metabolism and you want to gain weight, but you have a super hard time doing so. Simply, it just comes down to eating more calories over time and strength training and getting stronger to make that happen and being super consistent. And I know that's really hard. I know it can be as hard for you to gain weight as it is for people to lose weight. I just felt like I needed to say that because I have had those comments and DMs lately, people asking, why don't you ever give advice for people on the other end of the spectrum. So I do think about you if you have specific questions on how to gain weight, how to build muscle, how to go into a calorie surplus without gaining much fat and just putting on muscle. I'd be happy to do episodes on that too. I just don't have as much interest on those subjects most of the time. So if you do want that, feel more than welcome to shoot me a DM or email me. The links are always down below. Ask me your questions and I'll bring those onto the Q&A and maybe I'll even make a full-on episode just revolving around gaining weight opposed to always talking about losing weight. So let me know if that's something you'd be interested in. I'd be happy to make full podcasts and bring those on the Q&As as well. That was a side tangent. I know. So let's get back to how to increase your metabolism. So first and foremost, simply strength training. Now, strength training doesn't burn as many calories as most people say. Everybody always wants to talk about, well, if you strength train, you burn calories more so through the day after you strength train, which equals a bigger calorie burn than from cardio. And honestly, this is a myth. What strength training is, is it's a, it's a long-term play to a stronger metabolism because the more that you strength train, the more likely you are to add lean body mass to your frame, which is going to mean you're going to burn more calories just as a living human being with more lean body mass on your body compared to not having lean body mass on your body. So strength training is a long-term investment to a stronger metabolism in the future. It's not going to show any real direct impact in the short term. It will because you'll burn more calories during your training sessions as you would if you were just home on the couch or whatnot. But it's not going to be in a significant amount. Typically, in a 60-minute training session, you're probably going to burn anywhere from 200 to 400 calories. That's a decent amount, but it's not a crazy huge amount that a lot of people think, well, you burn way more calories from strength training than you do from cardio. That's actually a myth. But in the long term, you'll burn more calories through strength training than you will through cardio because your body will require a bigger calorie output just to live from the benefits of strength training through extra lean body mass. This next one is one that I've already briefly touched on, but I want to go a little bit deeper, and it's periodizing your nutrition. 
You've heard me talk a lot about metabolic adaption. If you're a consistent listener to the podcast, you know that if you stay in a calorie deficit for a significant amount of time, that the metabolism slows down because your body's trying to adapt so that you don't continue to lose weight. With our ancestors, they went through feast or famine modes to where sometimes there was a lot of food available and then they would go through times where there wasn't much food available. So their bodies got more efficient at not having calories and the body learned to adapt. We're still in that same evolution now. So if you stay in a calorie deficit and are consistently under eating, the metabolism is just going to slow down to adapt so that you don't continue to lose weight. So if you want to continue losing weight, you'd have to drop calories lower, meaning the, the metabolism is requiring less and less calories over, over time. So periodizing your nutrition becomes very, very important. You can't always stay in a deficit. You need to spend some time at maintenance. You may possibly even need to spend a little bit of time in a surplus. Doing this over the course of a year and having different time blocks for deficits, maintenance phases, and surpluses is going to, at the very least, keep your metabolism stable rather than having your metabolism decrease with time because those surplus phases will potentially have you gain a little bit of weight, you'll gain a little bit of extra muscle, which is going to require more calories in a day just to maintain itself, which which if you lose fat, if you go through fat loss phases as well, during those times your metabolism will slow down, but the surplus, the surplus phases, your metabolism will get a little bit faster as you keep adding lean body mass. So you're at least staying still and you're not creating a slower metabolism with time just because you're always in a chronic calorie deficit. So understand that metabolism is adaptive. If you're always going to stay in a deficit and you're always going to undereat, well, if you ever have times where you overeat and you're not periodizing your nutrition specifically or with a, the correct sort of strategy in doing so, you're going to run into problems and you're going to gain weight really fast. That's what I see a lot of females do is they stay in chronic calorie deficits for a very long amount of time and then they reverse to the other side and get sick of eating so low, start eating a lot of food or go through binge phases, put a lot of weight on really fast because the metabolism has slowed down through a significant time of under eating. Then when they overeat, they're more prone to put on weight a lot faster because they don't have their metabolism in an optimized state. So periodizing your nutrition, taking times at maintenance, taking times in the deficit and taking times in a surplus will optimize your metabolism to keep it in its strongest state possible. Don't get caught up in always being in the calorie deficit or down the road. You're going to run into major problems with a very slow metabolism that can be hard to recover from. And the next one, you probably heard me talk about this a little bit every now and again as well, and it's eat more protein. So one of the cool things that we know about protein is, the, is that protein is harder for your body to digest meaning it, it requires more calories to digest protein, which is really cool. So 100 calories of protein isn't necessarily the same as 100 calories of carbs because it's going to require a bigger calorie burn to digest the 100 calories of protein than it is to digest the 100 calories of carbs. So really cool. So the, the more protein that we eat, typically the faster that our metabolism will be. Now, this doesn't mean that you should eat a crazy amount of protein. This doesn't mean you need 1.5 to 2 grams of protein for every pound of, of body mass. But typically, if you can be somewhere between 0.8 to 1.2 grams of protein per pound of body weight that you have, you're going to be in the optimized area. Now, 
most people, from my experience, you may think, oh yeah, well, I eat a good amount of protein. I would almost guarantee if you've never tracked your food and you've never tracked your protein intake before, I'll bet that you are significantly under eating protein. Typically, if I subscribe somebody 130 to 150 grams of protein, if we look at their diet beforehand, they were probably eating somewhere between 50 to at tops around 90 grams of protein for somebody who's never tracked it before. So you need to start tracking your protein intake to understand how much protein you actually need. Again, somewhere between 0.8 to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight. Typically, most people somewhere around that 0.8 to 1 gram is going to be the sweet spot. Unless you're a lot leaner, you're in a calorie deficit for a long time and you're at a really low body fat level, I don't think that you really need to be up at that 1.2. It does show some benefit, but somewhere between 0.8 to 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight and you're going to be in a good state. It's going to make your metabolism faster just because it's going to require a bigger calorie output just to digest the protein. So really cool. A lot of the times with people, if you're only, if you're eating a lot of carbs, you're eating a lot of fats and you're putting on weight really easily. If you were just to switch out a good portion of those carbs and fats for protein, you actually wouldn't gain near as much weight, or you may be able to maintain weight just because of how much more energy it requires for your body to digest protein. So that's one of the most important ones and one of the the most, the fastest acting ones that you can put into your daily routine to create a faster metabolism right off the bat. Just simply eat more protein to have a faster metabolism. The next one is pretty obvious, but it's simply do cardio. Now we know that cardio requires a calorie output. You burn calories from cardio. Typically inside of a fat loss phase, the reason that we add cardio over time is to create a bigger calorie burn so that we don't always have to be dropping calories. We're just burning more calories through cardio. So really simple. I don't think we need to get into super big depth here, but just understand that if you want to be able to eat more food inside of a calorie deficit to continue to lose fat, or if you want to be able to maintain your weight while eating more calories, just adding cardio is a real simple way to be able to do that. Now, I wouldn't say that you should try to do enough cardio to maintain a bad diet, meaning if you are going on binges or whatnot, and then to equal out the binge that you had, go do a bunch of cardio, that's creating a bad relationship with food because you're essentially punishing yourself for overeating. I don't think that that's smart, and I think you'll end up down a vicious cycle that's not healthy and isn't sustainable for the long run. But simply adding in a couple walks per week or a couple runs per week, something that you enjoy doing outside, is simply going to have you burning more calories through the week, which is going to mean that you can eat more calories to maintain your weight or even eat more calories than you would be able to if you weren't doing cardio and lose weight throughout the process. So super simple. There's two different types of cardio that most people talk about. There's HIT which is high intensity interval training, and there's LIS, low intensity steady state, which LIS is like walking. It's not getting your heart rate up too much. It's usually a longer duration. It takes longer to burn the same amount of calories as HIT is high intensity interval training, usually 15, maybe up to 30 minutes, but you can burn a lot more calories in a lot shorter, shorter time because the intensity is a lot higher. And there's a lot of talk about with HIT that after the training session, you're burning more calories due to how hard that training session was. And there is some truth to that, but people talk about how it's a, it's a huge difference when in reality, it's not that great of a difference. You will 
burn a little bit more calories after a hit session than you would after a list session, but it's nothing to write home about. It's not like this huge number to where it's hundreds of calories more after a session of hit than it is after a session of list. It is a little bit higher, but typically it's not significant enough to make that big of a difference. So just choose whichever type of cardio that you like to do more. Do you want it to be fast and in and out and really hard? I would I would say do hit. If you like it to be a little bit more relaxing, not take as not be as demanding on your body. So like going for a walk or whatnot, it's gonna take a little bit longer to burn the same amount of calories. But if you enjoy that, then do that. Don't do hit because you think it's gonna burn so many more calories than it is to do list. List is just gonna take a little bit longer to burn the same amount of calories than it would to do hit. Choose the one that you enjoy the most. Typically, when I work with somebody, I ask what kind of cardio they're going to enjoy and be the easiest to stick to. And then that's what we implement. Typically, I don't like a ton of hit because it is harder to recover from as well. The harder you go, the harder it is to recover from, um, which can impede further training sessions. And when you're in a calorie deficit, you've got to remember that recovery is harder. So you don't want to be doing a ton of hit each and every day and make recovery hard, which is going to impede your training session so that you can't train as well and your strength is going to be down. So typically, I wouldn't like to see anywhere more than maybe one or two hit sessions per week inside of a calorie deficit. And then when it comes to lists, you can get anywhere from like three, four, even five sessions per week just because it's not near as demanding on your nervous system and it's a lot easier to recover from. I know I said I wasn't going to go into too much depth with that, but I feel like I just went down the rabbit hole. Now you know everything about cardio that you need to know. (laughs) On to the next one, which is increase your NEAT. Again, NEAT stands for non-exercise activity thermogenesis. All that this is, is all of the activity that you do that isn't deemed exercise. So maybe it's the activity that you do in your job. Do you work at a desk? Are you on your feet all day? Are you a construction worker? Those two people's neat is going to be significantly different. The person sitting at a desk all day isn't going to burn as near as many calories as the person who's doing construction on their feet all day doing harder labor. So increasing your neat can come in a lot of different ways. It means maybe when you go to the grocery store, instead of parking right up front, you park at the back of the of the parking lot and walk all the way through the grocery store. Maybe it means instead of taking the elevator, it means you take the stairs. Just different things like this to increase your NEAT can have a significant effect on your metabolism over time. Every little bit of movement that you're doing requires energy. something that you need to remember. So simply making smarter choices to increase your NEAT through the day can make your metabolism stronger just because you are simply burning more calories through extra activity that you may have not been doing before. Again, it can be literally anything. Not all of us are going to switch jobs, obviously, just to increase our need to have a stronger metabolism. That's not practical. But what is practical are the things that I mentioned, maybe parking further away from the building that you're walking into. Maybe it's instead of taking the elevator, it's taking the stairs. Maybe it's setting a step goal every single day. This is a super useful one. Instead of doing a bunch of cardio, just simply give yourself an eight to 10,000 step goal that you hit every single day. That will increase your need. It's gonna make you walk more. It's gonna make you more mindful of walking. Maybe during the day, if you sit at a desk, you take three different 10 minute intervals just to walk. 
Maybe you walk around the block. Maybe you walk around the office. Maybe you choose to walk to lunch instead of drive. All of these different things are going to increase your need with time, which is going to mean you you will burn more calories, which is a stronger metabolism. So try to be mindful of this. Whenever I go into a calorie deficit, I stay super mindful of keeping my need as high as possible. So maybe it's random walks throughout the day around the block. Um, it's taking my daughter to the playground that's just a couple blocks away. Just different things that make sure I'm moving. The more that I'm moving, I know the more calories that I'm burning, which is just going to make the fat loss phase easier. That doesn't mean that I slack on my cardio or I slack on my training or my nutrition, my calorie intake or my protein protein intake, I'm still very conscious of those. But at the same time, I try to stay more conscious of parking further away from buildings, from walking upstairs, for taking my daughter for little walks, just staying as active as I possibly can through the day, because I know that that's going to mean burning more calories, a stronger metabolism, which is going to create a bigger difference in my calorie deficit to my maintenance level, which is going to mean faster and more efficient weight loss so that I don't stay in the calorie deficit for longer. So increase your knee. Super easy, super efficient way to have a stronger metabolism. It does take a little bit more effort, but the payoff can be really big. So those are all of the tips that I'm going to give you today. I think that's a lot of practical help that you can take and start implementing. And really, if you think about it, it's all really simple. I didn't mention a supplement. I didn't mention a detox or anything like that. I didn't mention a specific program. I did mention strength training. I mentioned adding some cardio. I I mentioned eating more protein. I mentioned being more active. All very practical things. Your metabolism isn't anything magic. You can't go take a pill or do a detox or something that's going to rev up your metabolism. Unfortunately, that doesn't work. There is one supplement that can help. And this will be the last one I noticed that I was done, but I'll give you one more little nugget if you're still listening, is caffeine. Caffeine has been proven to create a faster metabolism as well. It heats up your body and it gives you more energy. So typically, if you take caffeine, you're going to burn more calories because you're going to have more energy and it heats up your body. So that's one that can help. Typically, when you see like fat burners and different things that are advocating that they'll speed up your metabolism, typically it's because they're loaded with caffeine that just speeds you up through the day and you end up burning more calories that way. So caffeine can help as well, but don't go thinking that there's a a magic pill to your metabolism and don't go thinking that your metabolism is ran down. If you feel like your metabolism, metabolism is super slow at the moment, Look at your dieting history. How long have you been in a calorie deficit? And are you going through binge cycles to where your cal- to where your maintenance is really low? It's adapted to a low calorie intake. And that when you overeat, you gain weight super easy. That's your fault. And I don't say that rudely, but it's the choices that you've made with your metabolism and, and not learning how important nutritional periodization is to keep a strong metabolism is. So if you feel like your metabolism is broken or it's super ran down, It just simply means you need to be strategic in how you build calories back up to not necessarily put on a lot of fat, but just to get yourself eating more calories with minimum fat gain and strength training and adding in all of these different things that I've talked about, eating more protein and these different things that will help you have a stronger metabolism. So hopefully I've cleared up some confusion around your metabolism and the different questions that you have. Just don't go falling for all the bull crap and the myths that are out there. Generally, if something's too good to be true, it is too good to be true, especially when it comes to fitness and especially when it comes to your body composition. Do the basics really well. Strength train. Stay active. Eat enough protein. Doing those things alone will give you a much stronger metabolism if you'll just do them consistently. 
people who deem themselves with a slow or broken metabolism, I'll bet 95 to 99% of the time, it's that they aren't being consistent with those things, those three things I just mentioned there. So be real with yourself. Gain a little bit of self-awareness. Ask yourself the hard questions and analyze your actions over the last while. Are you doing those things consistently? If you are, I'll bet you've noticed a significant difference in your metabolism. Generally, when I work with somebody and I tell them how much food to eat, they look at me like I'm crazy, like I can't eat that much food. But if we implement consistently everything that I've just talked about with you on the podcast here today, they're usually surprised at the ability to lose weight on a higher amount of calories just by adding in the things that we've talked about. More protein, strength training, cardio sessions, higher NEAT, and adding in a little bit of caffeine every now and again. It really does help and it really will make a significant difference compared to anything else that you're going to go out and try. So I appreciate you guys for tuning in. If you got value from this episode, as usual, if you take a screenshot, put it on your story and tag me, I'll repost it. And thank you for doing so. Also, if you have a little bit of spare time, I'd be super appreciative if you guys could leave a review. I've been getting a lot of listens lately and the reviews have started to go down because I haven't really asked. But the only way for this podcast to truly grow inside of iTunes is through reviews. So if you could leave it whatever star rating that you think that the podcast deserves, if you have a little bit of extra spare time, I'd be super, super appreciative if you could leave a written review. I'm going to start doing a giveaway on the written review starting now. So if you're still listening, this is a little nugget. If you leave a written review on the podcast, you'll be put in for a drawing every single month to either receive a new training program, personalized training program from me or some Lost and Lifting merch. I've just ordered some shirts and I'm going to get some hats in as well. I'm going to choose one person every single month who's who's left a written review on the podcast to go into a drawing to get either a training program or some free merch. I'll let you guys decide which one you want. So uh, yeah, there's that. Go leave some reviews. You'll be put in for giveaways. I really do appreciate you guys. That's all I've got for you. I'll talk with you soon.